Hello and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Thursday, April 20th, 2023. I'm Mike Kachopoli. All right, here we are. This is 420. I'm sure you've heard by now that today's 420 day. I'm not sure what it means. I'm not sure. Does it mean you go out and smoke pot? That means is it, it's not a it's not a special day here in California because there's nothing special about one day when you can smoke it any day here anywhere you want whenever you want I know it because as I walk down the street I can smell it I can smell the pot I can smell the weed I can smell the marijuana in the air so. It's not a special day here. It might be a special day in some places, but, you know, I know they promote it here. You have the mayor. There's nothing better. She has nothing better to do but to go on Twitter and promote 420 day at the park. As long as you're 21 or older, we're going to sell government mandated pot, you know, government regulated pot, and you can have a good time. So that's what they are concerned with here. How about oh yeah yeah yeah? You know, among other problems, I went to the doctor today. So I go to my doctor's office, and I go into my doctor's office, and now they have finally, after I don't know how many, what three years now, about three years, they have changed the masks are mandated sign to the masks are just recommended sign. So they couldn't put optional. That's the word I would have used. I would have said masks are now optional, but they couldn't put optional. They couldn't get themselves to put the word optional. They had to put recommended. They had to still recommend masks at a doctor's office in San Francisco, California in April of 2023. It's, it's amazing. So I walk in, I say, yeah, uh, you know, I say to myself, all right, thanks for the recommendation. I walk in, no mask, of course. And uh, the two secretaries sitting at the desk, the intake people have masks on. I look to my left, I look to the couch where three patients are sitting and they all have masks on. I check in, I sit down, I'm looking, a doctor comes out, mask on. Uh, another patient comes out, mask on. Another patient comes out, mask on. Another doctor comes out, mask on. My doctor comes out, mask on. So add that all up. I was the only person in my doctor's office on 420 day of 2023 without a mask. Everyone else had a mask. So what? Seven to eight people. They all had masks. I didn't. And I'm thinking to myself, this is pure Sanford. Look, uh, for a second, I thought, well, maybe, maybe we should give them a little break. Maybe the people who work there, I haven't read the latest rules and regulations put out by Health San Francisco, but maybe the people who work there have to wear them still. That's a, that's a, that's a possibility, right? Okay. So we'll put them aside. And we'll say the people who work at the doctor's office here in San Francisco still need to wear masks. That's, they must. Okay. Because they're employees. But what about all the patients? 
Then I thought, okay, wait a minute. Masks have been mandated in doctor's office and medical facilities for three years here. So it's very possible that the last time these people went to the doctor, like, like myself, it was still mandated. And unlike myself, maybe they don't keep up to date on these kinds of things when, when these mandates are going to end. So I said, okay, maybe they're so used to wearing them. You know, they didn't know they don't have to, don't have to wear them anymore. So then I thought, nah, no, not good enough. Let me tell you why. Because say you assumed you still had to wear a mask because we've had to wear them here for three years and you walk into the doctor's office and it says mask recommended. Wouldn't you just take it off, right? Wouldn't you just take it off? Wouldn't you say, okay, obviously I don't have to wear it anymore. I've been wearing this for three fucking years. I'm going to take it off. No, they kept them on. So they kept them on. So I'm thinking, why would they keep them on? And then I thought, well, this is liberal science. I, you know, sometimes I don't think about that. You know, I don't think about liberal science because I think about like, you know, like normal, real people science, actual science. So sometimes I don't think about liberal science and liberal science says you don't wear masks anywhere else in society except in a medical facility because COVID is only in a medical facility. Not just that, COVID is in the most sterile environment where they're cleaning every 10 fucking seconds they clean the counters they clean the seats where people sit they clean everything multiple times an hour probably so in the most sterile clean healthy environment in the in the city they wear masks but not anywhere else this is liberal science and i thought oh all right okay now i'm trying now i'm getting it this is liberal liberal science with a trademark, TM trademark next to it. And I just thought, God, I wonder if I were in a healthcare setting in Louisiana, in Florida, in Texas, in Georgia, in Alaska, in Arizona, in so many other places, probably maybe any other place other than maybe what, New York? And maybe even New York now. I don't know. I haven't been there in almost a year. Um, I bet you there's nobody wearing masks in medical facilities, including doctors, including nurses, including secretaries in medical facilities. But here I am in liberal, lefty, wacko, bat crap, crazy land, San Francisco, California, and still over three years since 15 days to stop the spread. They're still wearing masks. And... I couldn't believe it. But let me tell you something. I felt someone might say, well, Mike, everyone else was wearing a mask and you weren't. Did you feel out of place? No, I felt great. I felt normal. I felt like I was making a huge statement, you know, saying, look, I'm showing my face. You know, you know, you can show yours also. I felt like a leader. I felt like a hero not wearing that mask among all these people. It's almost like I was saying, you could be normal too. You can be normal just like me. If you want, it's your choice. It's your choice. You can be normal just like me. So I felt pretty good about it. Maybe I'm going to be a trailblazer. Maybe I'll go into a new medical facility every day and do that. Just walk into it at a mask. Just say, look, look how normal I am. And you can be normal too 
if you want, up to you. So that was my <laughs> that was my day today. Um, and it's I just felt it it living here. Once again, if you don't live here in California, you don't understand what I'm talking about. But to not wear a mask finally after three long years after three long years of wearing masks in these kinds of settings to not wear one makes you feel like it's a new world like it's a i can't even say going back to the old normal because that doesn't even exist anymore it's like a, it's like a, it felt like a new world like i was starting a new society all my own and where we can be normal again that's what it felt like. But things can only get worse here. I mean, I know there are a lot of people who don't live in this area and don't really care about, like, let's say, our local sports teams or what it may be. But today I find out that the Oakland A's are leaving Oakland. I don't think you have to be a, a baseball fan, a sports fan, to understand how devastating that is. To the area, the Oakland A's are a storied franchise of Catfish Hunter and, and, and Reggie Jackson and those incredible teams of the early 70s that won all those championships and a very integral part of, of the Bay Area. And Oakland just recently lost the, the Raiders, the football team, to Las Vegas. And now I find out today they're going to be losing the Oakland A's to Las Vegas as well. As Las Vegas builds up, the Bay Area is, is being totally decimated, becoming an urban wasteland. So they're moving, which will leave Oakland with nothing. Because also, if you remember, a couple of years ago, the Golden State Warriors moved the arena from Oakland to San Francisco. So Oakland now has nothing, okay? We'll have nothing. And... What's amazing is that the leaders there are so inept, they're so corrupt that they couldn't get it together. There were so many proposals for like a nice arena, a nice stadium at the waterfront that would have been beautiful. I mean, they, I remember a, a couple of years ago, they were showing these plans on television. They were like, oh, look, look at the pond and the lake and we're putting a waterfall and it's going to be beautiful, you know, when they... When they have someone put up those drawings, when they draw those animated photos of the way things are going to look, and everyone's like, oh, my God, look how beautiful. Look at all the people, and they're happy, and they're having a great time at the ball game. Well, that's all gone to shit because the leaders there simply couldn't get it together. They couldn't get it together. They have no problem here. Once again, they have no problem here in the Bay Area talking about reparations, giving every black person $5 million, a free house, uh, and then a hundred thousand for life for, for the next three generations of their family. They don't have no problem talking about bat crap crazy or stuff like that, but stuff that can actually happen and can actually help a community like a ballpark, which would bring like things for people to do, jobs, help the economy, boost the area, make it prettier. No, that can't happen which once again proves what I say all the time on this show. All the Democrats, all the left care about is virtue signaling of every sing on every single issue. They don't care about making life better for anybody. 
They don't want to make society better for anybody. They just want to virtue signal. They want to virtue signal. Nothing says that more than masks. I'll go back to masks, where you see Democrats when there's no camera around, politicians when there's no camera around, they're not wearing masks. Then the cameras go on and they put the masks on. So it's virtue signaling. It's not real. It's fake. It's smoke and mirrors. It's a fucking show. And that's the way Democrats are on every subject. Every subject. They want to make black people's lives better. They yap about something that's never going to happen, like reparations, something that never should happen, like reparations. But when you have a city that's predominantly minority, African-American, like Oakland, you can bring actual jobs. You can bring actual things for the, for the, for the young people to do. You can, you can improve the area. They're MIA. They can't get it together because they don't actually care about improving lives. They just want to virtue signal. They want to virtue signal for the camera, okay, so they can get votes, stay in power, and make a lot of money. That's all they care about. All they care about is money and power. And that's what they do with their virtue signaling. People who are ignorant. Look, most people don't follow things the way we do. So they see these people in front of a camera saying things that they agree with, righteous things, and they vote for them. But they actually do nothing for people. They don't give a shit about the people. So my question once again to you is, when will people wake up? When will they wake up? Now, with the Oakland A's leaving, jobs will go away. All those people who lived in Oakland and most of those people who work at a stadium or an arena live in the area. What are those people going to do in a couple of years? Huh? All those people who were employed every summer for six to eight months during the summer and fall, what are they going to do? Where are they going to go? So all those jobs are lost. The area, which is already shit around that stadium, is going to get worse, right? Because now there'll be no business there. There'll be no stadium. There'll be no the restaurants around there. There aren't that many of them. But the ones that are close by, they'll have to close up. The hotels that are close by, they'll have to close up because no one's going to stay there. See, this is what happens. This is what happens. So the Demo this is not just people will have you believe that this is like a, you know, like a frivolous thing. Oh, too bad. They're losing the sports team. Get a life. No, it's not. It's not about get a life. Those people's lives are ruined. The people who need those jobs are ruined. The jobs a new stadium would have created are now non-existent. They're not going to happen. So while this is a disaster pre-COVID, this is even more of a disaster post-COVID. Okay? So it is a big deal. It's not just about a sporting event. It's not just about a, a, a hobby. Okay? This is real lives that are at stake. Yet they'll go right back to talking about reparations and how much they care about black people because they're trying to get the money that they know they're never going to get for them. And I'm sick and tired of this. I'm sick and tired of this. Then the mayor of Oakland today is like, pretend she's fucking blindsided by this. This has been going on for years now. Okay? Through two mayors. Okay, the past two mayors, Libby Schaaf and now this one. 
and she acts as though, oh, I'm, I was blindsided by such a thing. I didn't know this would happen. And of course, people will buy that shit. Gotta learn, what do you say, Daniel? Gonna learn to code? You? You're gonna learn to code? Really? You need a job? You need a job? Um, but this is it. Oh, the people need to learn to code. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is, is that don't worry, Elon Musk is going to leave too. Elon Musk is going to leave. Why would Elon Musk stay here? Why would he stay in the Bay Area? There's no reason for him to stay here. He just he just bought this a year ago. Believe me, he's going to leave. There's no way Elon Musk is going to stay here because they don't make it comfortable for a business to stay here. The Democrats don't like businesses. They don't want businesses. They chase businesses away. They chase small businesses away. They chase biz businesses. Anything business, they, they chase away. And then they'll pretend they're on the side of the people when there are no jobs left. When the city is an urban wasteland. But then it gets worse. Then it gets worse. And I want to thank Daniel for sending this to me. I appreciate that, by the way, when people send me uh, links to things to talk about. Because you know what? There's only so much to talk about. So sometimes it's nice when people, you know produced for me but here another story about oakland just happens to be about oakland this is a coincidence okay an oakland landlord stands to lose everything after a tenant fails to pay rent for three years oakland is one of the last cities in the bay area hanging on to its eviction moratorium this is written in cbs bay area which was introduced during the pandemic to, pro to protect tenants from eviction Many mom-and-pop landlords claim their tenants are taking advantage of the policy, leaving them at risk of losing their livelihoods. I'm due some back rent. $56,000 over the last three years for my tenant, said John Williams, as he read a sign he plans to bring to Oakland City Hall. Williams currently lives in the top unit of the duplex he's owned for about 20 years. It's his only home. Renting it out was supposed to secure his retirement, but at the end of the month, he's facing foreclosure. He said for 10 years, his tenant in the bottom unit had paid 1500 bucks for a three-bedroom, one-bath, one bath, though the checks always came late or they might have bounced too. But in March of 2020, she stopped paying altogether. It's a nightmare, Williams told KPIX. It's an absolute endless nightmare where it's ridiculous that we're put in this situation for three years with no conversation, any kind of dialogue on how to re recapture our funds, other than we have to go to court to do it or chase them or lose the money. The ordeal has taken a toll on William's health. I couldn't stand for nine months. He went on disability and currently is unable to work. In the last three years, Williams has amassed a stack of documents chronicling the problematic tenant. He said the woman living there never provided any proof of a COVID hardship. The tenant has been living rent-free with two children at the property for three years. In fact, Williams provided documentation of the tenant's storage and transportation business registered to her address. He often spotted movers and moving trucks outside of his home. The tenant also runs a local massage business, according to phone records. KPIX got in touch with the tenant over the phone. She confirmed her identity, but declined to say anything further. After she was asked why she hasn't paid rent in three years, she just hung up the phone. Currently, Oakland landlords cannot evict tenants over COVID-related debt. 
During the pandemic, Williams tried to sell the property, but said he was ultimately unsuccessful due to the tenant's occupancy. Sure, who wants to take on a tenant that doesn't pay rent? Williams also said he'd offered to forgive all of the woman's back rent if she would just move out. He said she declined that offer. Sure, because she knows Oakland will let her live there forever rent free. Those kind of folks who are abusing and the fraud in the system, those kind of tenants should not be covered by tenant protections, he said. I'm totally here for the tenant protections, but when it's unlawful, such as this case is, I think it should be reasoning to remove any protections for anyone. On Tuesday, the Oakland City Council voted to end the moratorium in phases. Williams and many others are already running out of time. He said he had no idea what he's going to do if he can't come up with the money and his home is foreclosed come May 1st. Tuan Ngo, uh, with the volunteer housing group In It Together, said many landlords have cleaned out their retirement savings to make mortgage payments and pay property taxes. On Monday, after a repeated request to meet with Mayor Seng Tao, the same mayor who was uh, blindsided today by the A's move, he and group members met representatives from Tao's office. We did not meet with the mayor. Her staff said she didn't have a plan to reimburse these housing providers for their retirement savings they've been robbed of. And there's no plan to save people like John Williams from foreclosure, said Go. Williams said lawyers' fees are costly and legal proceedings are slow and cumbersome. Last year, Williams sued Alameda County and the city of Oakland as, uh, as, as part of a class action lawsuit. It claimed the eviction moratorium is invalid, illegal, and unenforceable. It seeks an end to the moratorium and damages for the landlords. Williams said there's been no recent activity with the case. It's a heavy burden to kind of bear every day, financially, emotionally, and physically. It's just a lot, he said. It's truly just a sad day for Oakland. Well, there are a lot of sad days for Oakland. This is the other lie that the left tells, that their people believe, that all these landlords are like, ah, we're money-grubbing rich people, we're rich corporations, like Mr. Potter in It's a Wonderful Life. And the dumb liberals buy this shit. Many of these landlords are like this guy, Mr. William, who it's a small building. They own the whole thing. They have to make payments. What what does a liberal brain not understand that the landlords need to make payments or they lose their building? So that's what's happened to a lot of people. A lot of landlords, because they rely on – let's see if – this is a funny thing about liberals. Let's see if they can understand this. I'm going to make this so simple. The landlords need the rent money so they can pay, okay, the mortgage on the building so the, they can keep the building, not lose the building, and therefore you will be able to stay there as a tenant, okay? That's the way it works. What doesn't the left get about this? What don't they get about this? And this is the, once again, the, the hypocritical thing about the left. Who suffers? It is not those big luxury buildings that suffer, the corporations that suffer, right? Because a lot of those people are so wealthy in those buildings, they continue to pay their rent. And even if they didn't, those corporations are so big, they can cover this for a lot longer than a mom and pop landlord. So it's the mom and pop landlord, the little guy that gets hurt once again by the left with their COVID bullshit, okay? with their rules and quotes and regulations and quotes and and their uh, fixes that they come up with. 
In principle, one can look at the idea of a rent moratorium for a short period of time as making sense. Doesn't make sense anymore. And that's the problem with government also, with big government and regulations, is that they will lie to you, just like they lied about 15 days to flatten the curve, right? They will lie. They'll say, oh, it's just for six months, just for six months. Six months goes by. What do they do? They extend it, right? Like they did with mask mandates and everything else. Another six months, another six months. Well, another six months, another six months. And then they just leave it there, okay? Long after the last person ever will get COVID, these things will just be sitting there because that's what big government does. That's what they do. They're inept. They're inept. There's a lot of red tape with this stuff. So it's not so easy. It's not as easy as, okay, we're going to do this until this date, and then it's over. That doesn't work that way. We saw that during COVID. It doesn't work that way. They either extend it or it just continues on. And then what happens? Oh, they say, okay, okay, now three and a half years later, we'll end this in phases. Why? Why can't people pay their rent now? Why? Why can't they get a fucking job? The Democrats keep telling us there are tons of jobs out there, which is also a lie. Okay, because I know people in the job market. But it's time. You can't keep this going forever. People need to pay their mortgage. People need to, and did the, do the Democrats stand up to the banks? Huh? No. The landlord, they, they crush the little landlords. Okay. They have no problem standing up to the mom and pop landlords because they don't got lawyers. Do they stand up to the banks who collect these mortgages? Have they told them you can't do that? Of course not. Of course not. So the big banks can collect their mortgages, but these mom and pop landlords can't afford to pay them because the people who live in their buildings aren't paying their rent because the government's saying they don't have to. What is this? What is the moral of this? What's the, what's the moral of this? The moral of this is big government doesn't work. Government needs to keep their grubby fucking hands off of us. Period. Off of us. Here's the deal. You have a landlord. And something happens. Or you can't pay your rent. You go to the landlord as a person. And you say, you know what? I'm having a little trouble. This is why I'm having trouble. Here's my documentation. Do me a favor. Give me a little break for a while. And almost every landlord will say, sure. Sure. But you got to be fair about it. Can't not pay rent forever. I got to pay a mortgage. That's the way it should work. That's the way it has to work. You can't have the government coming in and doing this stuff. You can't. Because they, they're inept at everything they do. They are inept at everything they do. Okay? My landlord did the right thing. Didn't have to be told to. The government didn't have to tell them to. They did the right thing. Most landlords will. And if not, you go find a place that will. But you can't have the government getting involved in this stuff and putting the foot on the throat of landlords because once they do it, it's never ending, okay? Once they do it, it's never ending. And then there's so much red tape, like with Mr. Williams, you can't even get to someone to say, what do I do? Where do I get the money from? Are you giving me money? Are you keeping the bank off my back? No, of course not. Hey, Vladdy.
How you doing? Um, I'm gonna call you Vlad the Impaler. Thank you. How you doing? How you doing, Mike? Pretty good. What's up? So, so, so the moral of the story is big government using government resources paid by the taxpayer against the taxpayer. Right. That's that's really what it is. And if if the taxpayer is at disadvantage, doesn't have the does not have the money to to defend himself, then the then the government won. And that is horrible. Mm-hmm. That's 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 been the story of many nations, many places. Government always getting away with murder, with all sorts of crime, because the little guy cannot fight back, doesn't have the resources, doesn't have the means. He might have the spirit and the desire to fight, but can't afford a good uh, firm of lawyers. Right, exactly. Uh, exactly, and, and, and they know that. Go. The little guy can't. The big corporations can, right? The Correct. big corporations get their lawyers on it and it's taken care of. But the little guy doesn't have the money to do that. So they're screwed. Correct. They're screwed. Correct. Correct. And, and uh, you know, this is this is how people that get in power, they misuse and they'll take advantage of you. And, and while they're in power, well, you know, right. if nothing happens against them where get, they get toppled. They'll, they'll misuse the, the government, uh, the taxpayer money for, for to suit their own end and and bring in, you know, the, the agenda that they want to move. And, you know, that's why, again, I don't think people have learned enough that we need to stick together. We need to fund ourselves away from the government while simultaneously as we're putting in people into power that are honest, that are vetted and that will get the job done. That won't, that won't solve themselves easy, you know. The, let's say unpleasant as Marjorie Taylor Greene might be to some people. We need people like that. Yes. We need people to come in with an a-hole attitude that ha- were in the past, of, you know, or maybe present, they still own businesses. We need well, people to come in. But it, there's a hypocrisy there in that the left will attack her viciously, Marjorie Taylor Greene, right? Yet mm-hmm. they have no problem with that yapping moron AOC. Everything exactly. that comes out of her mouth is totally idiotic. I mean, this is a fucking moron. She really is, you know. And I think I think Marjorie Taylor Greene is kind of a, from what I've seen of her, and Lauren Boebert, but especially Marjorie Taylor Greene, she's kind of a, uh, she's like a smart troll. She knows she's annoying the left. She's mm-hmm. doing that to annoy them. She knows how easy it is to get to get under their skin. AOC believes everything she says. And she yaps about policy that she has no idea what she's talking about. She sounds like a fucking eight-year-old girl. She's an idiot. And yet, that's fine. The left has no problem with her, but they want to, you know, they want to defame and demean and destroy Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert at every chance they get. Correct. But you know what? It I, Again, I also blame the people that have gotten a, the people like AOC into power. Why? Because let me give you an example. When she first came in, remember that year that, that, that she was threatening Amazon? Amazon wanted to put up, a, I think, a distribution center, I think, in, in Staten Island or something. And she was threatening and talking all this shit. And you were talking right now, and you made a lot of sense when you said, these are the people that come into power, and they make sure the companies leave the state. Right. They 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 be, they make you unemployed. You elected them. We elected them into power, and 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 they make us go unemployed. 
while they're banking and, and getting money from special interest groups and, and other corporations, they kill our jobs, like those opportunities from Amazon. I mean, that is stupid. I mean, where is this woman's head up? Must be, must be up her butt. Because this is stupid. I mean, people, the poor in her district, isn't that rich? Isn't that Manhattan? You know? Yes. It, it's, it's, it's the area where it, it's a small group of people, but it's always the ones that are begging. They're always on low income or some kind of social. I'm not saying that's bad. It's just those are her demographics. Those are the ones that who are actually voting for her all the time. Okay. Right. Those are the problem. And we keep her there. And what did she do? Remember just before she got reelected? I don't even know how she, she won again before she got reelected. What did they tell her? She, she had people to protest, right? Yes. They, yeah. They, they yeah. told her they protested. Yeah. Think about it. They protested. But it, does, it, 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 it goes under radar, my goodness sake. AOC is just an idiot. She actually comes out, was it yesterday? Uh-huh. And she says that police shouldn't get paid well. She she was upset that the police in New York City are going to get a pay raise. She was talking about how much money they make. This is what a fucking moron she is. She was talking about how they make more money than, than a, a lot of teachers. Well, so what? Yeah, pay pay teachers more. That's fine. But to say, well, they don't deserve it because teachers don't get that much. The teachers can't teach if, 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 we, if we live in a lawless society. Parents are afraid to send their kids to school because there are no police on the street. So what good are teachers if parents are afraid to send their kids to school? Without the police, there are no schools. There are no teachers. You can't go, you can't go to school. You got to stay home. You got to stay up behind lock and key because you're afraid to go out. She's such an idiot. It's tr- true idiocy. And she's still for defund- with all the crime that's going on in her city. She's still for defunding the police. And at least, you know, what I notice here on, on, on Colin is I notice people have actually taken the time to recognize that she's not really a true leftist. She's in it for herself. Oh, it's all about sure. herself. Yeah. Yeah. Ever since she started taking big money, corporate money, they knew she was a sellout. Right. So they hate her, but they're not able to do anything about it. I mean, otherwise they'd be doing their homework. So a lot of, a lot of these leftists, they talk about her. They, they, you know, they, they defame her and talk all sorts of evil nonsense. And which is a lot of it's true about her, but they can't really do anything about her. There should be a way to take her out, at least primary her for good, you know, in a good sense. But one thing I notice is the, of the type of people, let me tell you like what you're saying about AOC. We have other other people in, in government here in California. I'm here in Los Angeles. You probably heard in the last few days in, up there in Linwood, a small uh, little gas station mark got, got, got taken over. And it was in the very same area where all these kids are riding their car in drifting, burning rubber, just doing donuts and stuff. Yes. That's been a problem. I want to know what the hell is going on. Where are the authorities there? Right. My nephew just told me, who I'm going to talk to in a couple of minutes right after you. He's a trucker. He lives in the Apple Valley. What did you tell me? Up here in San Bernardino, one of the truckers almost got attacked by the same type of character, burning donuts. Where are the authorities at? Isn't right. San Bernardino County run by the sheriff? Why aren't they taking care of him? Linwood has, is its own little city. It has its own police department. Where are they? Mm-hmm. Why has it gone so lawless? Look at over here, uh, Lori Lightfoot. She just lost uh, the in Chicago, and, and and her own people are storming and, and committing flash mob criminality. And and all the new the new mayor of, of 
of uh, Chicago could say is don't don't demonize. No, people do that on their own. Don't worry about what people have to say. And it's funny, it's there his own people that are up there stealing and destroying and pillaging and go, you know? Yes. Come on. I mean, what is this world coming to? All these leftist Democrats just talking smack about the defund the belief. Yeah, because you don't live over here with the people, and it's wrong too to say defund the police. As much as you, you try to get something out of it, you just causing more problems. Yeah. Well, until until they're until they're robbed or someone they love is raped or killed, okay, then they then they change their tune. But it it's amazing and it's it's incredibly it's insane that it has to get to that point that it has to hit so personally that you simply don't have the empathy, the ability to be empathetic and see what's happening to your fellow man and woman. It's, it's, an, it's absolute, it, it shows how, it shows the lack of empathy for, for many people, especially the left. Total lack of empathy. And they're the ones who claim, oh, we're the empathetic ones. The conservatives are mean and nasty. Well, where's the empathy for people who are facing violent crime all the time? Then you have people who go to New York City and talk about it on that committee, that panel, and they say, oh, you're just a dumb pawn for the, for the right. These people have no empathy for people. They have zero empathy. Like you said, man, about AOC, they're all in it for themselves, and that's it. Then, and, and you can see it well. Anything that's on the left, uh, Mike, that anything that touches it corrupts. Look at this thing with Bud Light. It's going over two weeks, and they're hurting. Mm-hmm. It's, it's got to hurt them in the wallet. And no matter how, what what uh, uh, CEO Whithouse said, you know, it's, it's not going to matter. You know why? Because that apology he gave was so weak. It wasn't even from the heart. So, yeah, he makes a new commercial with people in the prairie riding horses, real manly man, you know. <laughs> it's a joke. You know he doesn't mean it. He's no. just trying to get, you know, on, on people's good side, but it's not going to work. He's got to do a formal apology, cut the bullshit, cut the trans bullshit out, get away from the woke because it's breaking, breaking the bank. Go woke, go broke, like Daniel said. Go woke, go broke. Ain't you know? no joke. Ain't no joke. <laughs> Ain't no joke. There you go. There you go. I like that. Yeah. Go woke, go broke. Ain't no joke. And the more these corporations see that they're going to go broke when they go woke, they won't go woke anymore. They'll learn their lesson eventually. They'll learn their lesson. I think exactly. many companies will learn their lesson from what happened to Bud Light. You know, they just, you, you can't, we have to stop this at some point. So. And I hope the sooner, the sooner, the better, because honestly, I, you know, I'm not a Bud Light guy. You know, I don't mind having a Bud Light now, but I'll be honest, uh, uh, Mike, these last Sunday, I went to an awesome concert with my nephew. Mm-hmm. We had a guy's night out, just talk, you know, uncle and my firstborn nephew. So he's only seven years younger than me. So we're, he's my buddy, a good friend. And, and family and, and we had a chat, good meal and and we had a couple of beers at the at the at this place. It was a concert for that group uh called Spirit Box, you know, mm-hmm. at the Wiltern. And it was just awesome. But the thing is everything is so high. I know. I'll be honest, I would have loved to have drank, you know, to at least feel a good buzz, but no. I had to control my buzz. And I'm not even a drinker. Well, a lot, a lot of these companies, I've noticed this now with uh, hotel chains and airlines, they're trying to make up the money they lost for a couple yeah. of years. So they're raising everything. I mean, to travel now is, is, yeah. is absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. Hotels are incredibly expensive. Flights are insanely expensive. So everything's gotten very expensive. Once again, we see that all this COVID stuff is only hurting the little guy. The rich people, the corporations, it never hurt them because they could afford all of this stuff. 
and the little guy can't. So that's it. That's, <laughs> and, and we knew this. And, and who who's the party, the main party that hurt the little guy? The Democrats. Once again. Once again. I'm gonna call him like 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 uh, Michael Savage was calling him the sexocrats. The yeah. sexocrats, the the, yeah. the depraved one, the, the pedophile, mm-hmm. the ones that are for destroying children. And, and and not to mention, I don't want to go back to the concert, but that area is run now by nothing but homeless. We didn't know where to actually at least sit down right there by the park to actually eat. It's so disgusting. You can't. You can't. Trash can't. everywhere. Yeah. Broken yeah. streets. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we're paying more for gas and nothing's fixed. Again, you go Democrat, you go sexocrat. You go woke, you go broke. Mm-hmm. Disgusting. Yeah. And that's no joke. You know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that. Yeah. But anyway, Mike, you know, I love Vlad, talking to you, man. Vlad, thanks for the call. I appreciate you it. You got it. As always. Okay. So what did I say yesterday, in the show yesterday, when I announced that RFK Jr. was running for president? What did I say? What did Mike Cachopoli on this show 24 hours ago say? I said, now watch out for the DNC-owned media's attacks, right? So I, all, all you have to do, and you can do this with me if you're at your computer, is go in and, and uh, put in RFK Jr. for president and look at the search. And what comes up at the top of the search? ABC News, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. launches unlikely presidential bid as a Democrat. Here's the Boston Globe. How about this one? RFK's anti-vax campaign kicks off. All right. Wait a minute. There's more. Boston Herald. RFK Jr.'s talk show politics could take a bite out of Biden. Uh, Market Watch. Former Representative Patrick Kennedy takes a swipe at long shot RFK Jr. Okay, what did I say was going to happen? What did I say was going to happen? And that's just a a little bit of it. Go on Twitter and look at all of the Look at all of the political whores for the DNC, the lifelong Democrat establishment whores on, on Twitter. These are the same whores. These are the same DNC whores. These are the same people who got on their knees and opened their mouths and looked up for the DNC, be it Hillary in 2016 or Joe Biden in 2020. The exact same people, the exact same DNC operatives, many of them, I'm sure, paid. I mean, you can have a how could you have a passion to be a DNC operative? How could you have a passion to be an establishment operative? How could you have a passion to be an operative for, for a, a, a fucking Alzheimer's patient who doesn't know who's alive, who's dead, goes to shake people's hands that don't exist, can't go up the fucking stairs without falling three times? Who has a passion for someone like that? They have to be getting paid. They have to. They have to be offered jobs. There's no way someone can have a passion for someone like Joe Biden or Hillary Clinton. Okay, but these same people, these same fucking DNC losers who attacked Bernie Sanders in 2016 and in 2020 are now attacking RFK Jr. Right away. They had everything ready to go. And you know why? Because as if you want to get a real story, once again, you got to go to Fox News to get the real story. And as um, Geraldo Rivera says, RFK's presidential campaign will be a formidable force. And he's right. And we know that because a poll that was taken last week before he even announced officially had him with 14 percent of the vote. This is 14 percent of just people who voted for Joe Biden in 2020. 
It doesn't include the Republicans he might get to come in, the independents he might get. Just Biden voters from just over two years ago, two and a half years ago, 14% said they would vote for him before he got in. That's why they're worried. So when you see, just like with Trump uh, attacking DeSantis, just like when you have Trump operatives attacking DeSantis, you will see when someone's attacked, it's because they are worried about them. Okay? They're worried about them. If they're not worried about them, they don't bother. They don't bother. They were worried about Bernie both times, so they had to attack him. If he had, if Bernie had no way of winning, if he was no threat, they would just not mention the person's name. Why give the person any publicity? But they know RFK Jr. They know he's a problem for Joe Biden, who supposedly, supposedly is going to announce his uh, official run in a week or so. Wow, big whoop. But this is what I'm saying. I knew this was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. So you're seeing people on Twitter spreading lies about RFK Jr., spreading lies about his stances, spreading lies about him as a person. And this is what's going to happen now. This is what he's going to have to deal with. But we need to call them out, okay? Like I do on Twitter, like I do on this show. You have to immediately call them out as the, as the, as the lying bastards they are. These people are simply de- establishment DNC whores. Whoever the DNC establishment candidate is, they will back. They don't have to know the person. They don't got to like the person. They don't have to know the person's stances on anything. Nothing. Just whatever the DNC establishment ca- candidate is, they will support and they will viciously attack anyone that runs against that person. These people are the lowest of low scum. I think one guy's name is what? Like Krappenstein? Krassenstein? This guy was actually banned. This guy is such an idiot. This guy is such a loser. He's so awful that he was actually banned from Twitter with the previous group who were leftists. That's how bad this guy is. I don't know why Elon. Did Elon Musk let him back on? Elon Musk should just knock him off because he's an idiot. Wouldn't it be nice if everyone that was an idiot wasn't allowed on Twitter? Forget about political stances or anything. You're an idiot. You can't come on Twitter. There's so many idiots on there, like this Krappenstein guy. And there are a million of them. And they come out of the woodwork whenever someone challenges the DNC candidate. Whenever someone challenges a, a Clinton or an Obama or a Biden, you immediately get attacked. And it's the same attacks. It's, believe me. The, the attacks against RFK Jr. are going to be very similar to the attacks against Bernie, right? They're saying he's a kook, he's too far this, he's too far that, his, his, his ideas are out there, they can never happen, he's a crazy person, don't trust him, he's unstable. They'll say the exact same things. Now, of course, they can, it's amazing, the balls they have must be, They must be so huge. They must be like bowling balls, these people, that after what we have known over the last three years with the vaccine, that they can still attack him as being anti-vax after he was 138,000 fucking percent right about the COVID vaccine. They still have the balls, these people, to write that he's an anti-crazy anti-vaxxer after he was right for three years and they were the crazy whack jobs who were wrong for the last three years. But they know the Democratic 
base. We've been through this a million times before. And RFK Jr., even though he's got to run as a Democrat because he's a Kennedy, and you have to run as a Democrat or Republican in this fucked up system we have here, he knows that if he only relies on Democrats, he has zero chance of winning. Yeah, he took a bite out of Biden, but he's still losing by like 40 points. He needs Republicans and independents because most Democrats are fucking dumb. They're stupid. They'll believe what these morons in the media write. They'll believe what these morons on social media write. They'll believe it. You know, it was bad enough to back Hillary Clinton. And she's an evil witch. But at least Hillary, and still now, has all her wits about her. Yeah, she might have fainted. She might not have been the best shape physically. But mentally, how... (laughs) How much of a loser lowlife do you have to be to back this guy, Biden, to believe that this uh, brain-dead moron can be president for another, what would be what, six years almost, five and a half years from this point? What What kind of person believes that? What kind of person goes all in? For someone like that, someone who calls people to the podium who died a, a month earlier in a tragic, horrible car accident, who doesn't know his way off stage, who doesn't know stage right from stage left, who goes to turn his hand to invisible people, who trips like a fucking idiot upstairs every other week. How do you back someone like that? Forget his stances, forget his 39% and dropping approval rating. Forget his abysmal ratings with independence. Forget all of that stuff. How do you take one look at this guy or listen to him for two minutes and say, oh, that's my guy now and until the day he dies? What'd you say, Daniel? What if RFK ran as an independent? You can't win. Yeah, but everyone said the same thing about Bernie Sanders. What if Bernie, run as independent. Don't run in this Fakakta Democratic, you know, rigged primary. But you can't win. You can't win a general election running as an independent. Look at Ross Perot. The guy was loaded, right? Remember Ross, old Ross with his charts on television, if you're old enough to remember? He had high visibility. Uh, he had tons of money, all right? He's probably the most successful independent candidate ever. And he got 19% of the popular vote and didn't come close to winning one state. You can't win states. It's just impossible to win states. That's the problem. It's impossible to get to 270 electoral votes. Let's say running in, as an independent in a general election against DeSantis and Biden, okay? Or Trump and Biden. It's impossible because those two people have too much support. Okay, each of those people have a lot of support. So to get independence of vote for you is going to be a sliver of people from each party might 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 break off. But no, the Trump supporters are going to vote for the Republicans are going to vote for Trump, the Democrats are going to vote for Biden or DeSantis and Biden and that's it. And you know, RFK might get 8, 9, 10% of the popular vote. He could, but he won't win any states either. So that's the problem. That's the problem. You know. So it's he can't run as an independent to win to become president yes he can run as independent to do other things to maybe if he feels one party should win over the other or you know this whole 
gamble you take. Am I taking more votes away from this one or that one? But to become president of the United States, he's got to run as a Democrat and win the primary, you know. And so that's the game. You know, it's pretty obvious to me that Bernie Sanders wasn't running to win either time. Now, is RFK Jr. running to win? Probably. I think he is. I think he is because I can't see like Bernie is a senator and he knew even if he didn't win, he'd be a senator. And he'd be a more powerful senator, right? He might get a position, right? Like, like he did, right? When once Biden ran, he became a, an important, integral part in the in the Senate, in the Democrat-controlled Senate, right? He did the budgeting and all that stuff, so he got stuff out of it, right? And he might get stuff out of it as far as you know Biden's policies, but I don't know what RFK Jr. would get out of just simply running for president at this point, at this point in his life, just not to win. So I believe he's in it to win it, but he's going to have to deal. And I, I'm, I'm sure he's smart enough to know this. He knows what they did to Bernie. And I believe he was a Bernie supporter, but he knows what they did. And he knows, I knew what they were going to do. He certainly knew what they were going to do. So I want to see how he's going to deal with it. And I would like him to deal with it in a more head on fashion than Bernie did and call these people out for what they are. Call these people out for what they are. These same people who are calling him anti-vax are the same people who said the vaccine was going to stop the spread. They're the exact same people, whether the politicians in the Democratic Party or their operatives in the media who carry the water for them, they said the exact same thing in lockstep as they always do because they get the memo. In lockstep, they said the same thing, which is that the COVID vaccine was going to end COVID. And if you got the vaccine, there's no way in hell you're going to get it or spread it. So he needs to point that out, that if there's any tinfoil hat lunatics, it's the Democrats and the mainstream media who carry their water for them. And that's what he has to do. If they're going to have big brass balls, he's got to have bigger brass balls. That's what he has to do. And I'm hoping he does it. I believe he will. I have faith. I have faith. It's just a matter of knowing what they're going to do, being ready for it, and having some kind of a, a offense. Because you have to be on offense. You can't be on defense. You can't be like, no, 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 I, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. No, 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 please don't call me that. No, no, no. He's got to say, wait a minute. Aren't you the same people who just said that the vaccine was going to stop the spread, that the vaccine was going to get us back to normal, that if you got that shot, you were never going to get COVID and you could never give it to anybody? Didn't you just fucking say that? Who are you to call me crazy? Who are you to call me wrong? Maybe I should run for president. You see, if I ran for president, they wouldn't attack me because I have no money and I'm not a threat. But when you're a threat, they're going to come after you. So you know, when you see them going after somebody, you know that somebody has a shot. Like Bernie had a shot, like RFK has a shot, like DeSantis has a good shot. You know it. They will tell you, the opposition will tell you who has a good shot at winning because they're going to go after people who are a real threat. Like Geraldo said, this guy is a real threat, a real threat to Joe Biden and the establishment Democrats. So get ready for a, a bunch of incoming and be ready to give it back. 
Be ready to shoot back. Figuratively, don't get me in trouble. Speaking of getting in trouble, this is a transition I wanted to make. So evidently, I haven't talked about this, but there was a big lawsuit, right, with uh, Dominion, the machines, because Sean Hannity and others, but especially Sean Hannity on Fox News had said, you know, the the election stuff from 2020, that the machines were rigged and everything was faked and Trump actually won. And evidently, from what I understand, Dominion won an $800 million, $800 million defamation lawsuit. So now, of course, you have the, the left and the media saying, oh, look, look, this real proves Fox News is fake news and this is going to ruin Fox News. Joe, Joe Scarborough, one of the biggest morons in the world, one of the biggest morons you'll ever see on a television set says, oh, this is the beginning of the end for Fox News. Well, first of all, <laughs> I've talked to many people in the business because once again, most people, especially Democrats, are idiots. So they're going to be like, oh, $800 million. Wow, that's disastrous. People I talk to, tell me that Rupert Murdoch could take $800 million out of his pocket easier than you and I can take a nickel out of our pockets. The $800 million, even though it sounds like a just an incredibly overwhelming amount of money that would bankrupt a corporation, is not going to do jack shit to Fox News. Now, what's really amazing, though, is that the left will also say, as they have been, that this really proves, this proves the election was not rigged, there were no problems with the election, and Fox News was lying. No, actually, it doesn't prove that at all. Anyone with a brain knows that defamation lawsuits, all you have to prove is that the person who was dragging the individual or the entity through the mud don't have the facts to back up what they were saying about that individual or entity, okay? The facts to back up that there's truth to what they were saying, okay? That's it. That's all a defamation lawsuit proves. You know, like um, NBC and ABC and CBS losing those lawsuits to, like, Nicholas Sandman? You know that? Remember him? Remember Nick Sandman, the kid with the Indian guy when he's beating on the drum? And they tried to ruin this kid's life lying about him with absolutely no proof that the lies were true that there was any truth behind what they were saying about the kid. And he's won case millions and millions of... Joe Scarborough won't tell you about the millions NBC and the left-wing media had to pay out to Nick Sandman. What about the lawsuit they're going to come up with uh, Kyle Rittenhouse? How about those? You know, Do you know the only news company that probably won't be sued by Rittenhouse or Sandman is Fox News. Everyone else is going to be sued because of the way they defame these people. They tried to destroy the lives of actual human beings, of two young teenage kids. That's what the left-wing media did, okay? Which to me is much worse than defaming fucking Dominion, a corporation. Who cares? Corporations aren't people. But Joe Scarborough won't talk about all the money that NBC has to pay out. And I'm sure there are, there are hundreds of other people that have sued them that we don't even hear about. But these are major cases that have cost them millions of dollars, okay? So these cases happen to all of these networks because you have people like me talking a lot. Now, I would be smart enough if I were talked about Dominion, which I never did, to say, in my opinion, there's something wrong with those machines. I can't prove it, but in my opinion, something was fishy. Then you can't be sued because you let it be known. I don't have, the fa- I don't have any evidence. And it's my opinion. I'm allowed to have my opinion. What you can't do is say, those machines are blah, 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 blah. We know they're blah, 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 blah. 
they fixed the election for Donald Trump. You can't say that because then they can come at you and say, well, now no one's going to trust us. No one's going to buy our machines anymore because of what you said about us with no proof. And that's how you win a defamation suit. But all it proves is that the people who said that about Dominion dragged him through the mud without, ha- out ha- out having, without having any facts to back up what they were saying was truth. It doesn't prove that Dominion is right and just. No defamation lawsuit proves the person that wins is a right and just person. It just means the person who defamed them, who dragged them through the mud, couldn't prove anything they were saying. And Dominion, just like Nick Sandman and, and Kyle Rittenhouse, could prove that their, their brand as a company or their brand or lives, livelihoods as a person were affected by this. That's it. And if you can do that, you win the defamation lawsuit. So these liberals who are saying, well, this proves everything the left has said about the 2020 election is fake news is total bullshit. And also, Fox News is not going out of business because they lost $800 million. Okay, Sean Hannity and and Tucker Carlson will make that back in a week for them. Okay, so is Joe Scarborough an idiot? Is he just play an idiot on television? The guy is in the business. The guy does a major morning show. He doesn't know how much money these companies have. He doesn't know that. Maybe eight hundred million dollars would bankrupt NBC, but I doubt it. But it's certainly not going to make a dent in Fox News, Fox Corp, which is Fox News, Fox This, Fox That, Fox Nation, Fox Radio, New York Post, all of these things. Sometimes it's good to put a little bit of a, you know, perspective, perspective on on this stuff. But just, you know, I'm not a huge Sean Hannity fan. I'm not. He's too much of a uh, establishment Republican for me. But Mr. I, Mr. Republican, right? I guess you can call him Mr. He's like Mr. Republican. That's I'm not my cup of tea. I like Tucker Carlson, who does some more avant-garde things, puts people on who you'll never see on other shows, takes points of view you wouldn't expect from a rich guy who does a, a you know a show on Fox News. It's just all of this stuff. Tucker does that other people don't do, putting people on that other shows don't have on. I like Tucker. But, you know, Hannity's kind of just Mr. Mainstream Republican. So he's never really done anything for me. But the fact of the matter is, is that, yeah, he probably shouldn't have done what he did. He probably shouldn't have stated as though it was a fact that these machines were either faulty or rigged or fix the election for Joe Biden without having any documentation or proof that that happened. And it was probably a lawsuit waiting to happen. But when you talk a lot, and they do, these kinds of things are going to happen. They really are, you know. And it's it's kind of a, for Fox and other other news agencies, it's, it's, a, it's a risk worth taking because they make that money back many times over with their advertisers, all right? People who advertise on Sean Hannity or Tucker Carlson. So it's kind of a risk worth taking when the person doing it makes you so much money and gets such high ratings. So these people believe like, oh my God, Luke Murdoch's gonna fire Sean Hannity. No, he's not. You know you take this chance. It's what they have lawyers for and they have all this money. They probably have money in reserve for these lawsuits. So 
the lies are once again coming from the left. Who's like, oh, Fox, the, the talking heads on Fox are the only ones who do this. They're the only ones who get sued. Fox is the only news network that gets sued. Oh, they're going to go out of business now. It's all nonsense. It's 100% nonsense. I bet you've added up all the defamation lawsuits that the MSNBC, uh, NBC, and the liberal news outlets had to pay out, probably Trump's, if you will, what Fox pays out, right? Because they're constantly lying, right? They're constantly lying about people ru- trying to ruin lives, right? Nick Sandman was this, was this horrible conservative Trump supporter, MAGA supporter, who hates Native Americans, okay? And then they show a 20-second video showing this guy face-to-face with this Indian guy. What they didn't tell you is that the Indian guy is the one that was up to one of the Sandman banging the drum in his face. That they didn't tell you. They didn't tell you. One guy is banging a drum in someone's face. The other guy is just standing there doing nothing. Look at them. And they destroy the guy who's just standing there because he has a MAGA hat on. Because the news media is fake. Because they carry the water for the left. Because they carry the water for the DNC. So automatically, reflexively, they go after the kid with the MAGA hat on. Not knowing anything about the story. And then the kid, his life's ruined because everyone says, oh, you're the racist guy. Right. Because NBC and Joe Scarborough say you're the racist guy. So it ruins his life. So he wins lawsuits. Same thing with Kyle Rittenhouse. They called him a murderer. They called him a murderer. <laughs> you can't call someone a murderer when you don't have evidence. You, they can't, you can't just ruin someone's life and call them a, a, a murderer and a racist. They called Kyle Rittenhouse a racist. And remember, they continued. This is how dumb they are. They continued to call Kyle Rittenhouse a murderer after a jury acquitted him. I mean, that's defamation 101. Okay? You know how he's supposed to talk about these things. Alleged. 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 And to call him a racist when he shot white people. This is how ridiculous the left is. This is how ridiculous the left-wing media is. So they ruined his life. Because how do you get a job when you're known as the racist who killed people? You know, the left is so hypocritical, yet you won't hear one word. You won't hear one word from Joe, from, from, well, Joe Biden, but from Joe Scarborough about how his network has done this to so many people. How MSNBC has destroyed so many lives and lost so many lawsuits because of it. But no, Fox News is the bad guy. You know why? Who's Joe Scarborough talking to? He's not talking to me. I don't watch him. He's not talking to you. You listen to me. He's talking to idiots who believe what he's saying, who believe every word that comes out of his mouth. To have, once again, such big, low hangers that you can say such a thing that Fox News is fake news after your network Push Russia, Russia, Russia lies for three years. Steal dossier lies for three years. Three years shows what hypocrites they are, but they can do it because the people who watch them are idiots. And it's basically just giving masturbation material, if you will, to the people who watch your show. It really is. It's like giving masturbation material, porn, to people who watch you. When you say, when you constantly talk about how evil Fox News is. They, they get off on this. People who watch that get off on that. As they got off on Russia, Russia, Russia for three years from, from Russia Maddow. 
And yet, who who who's the one who suffers? The people who watch them suffer because they're the ones that Democrats stomp on. Rachel Maddow, what does she make? 30 million? 30 million a year for working on Mondays? Who else makes 30 million a year for working one day a week? And they're the ones laughing. Believe me, they laugh. When the cameras are off, they laugh about the people who they fool every day. Yet these people believe it. They believe it. It's a pot calling to kettle black when you say that Fox News lies that they lost a big lawsuit and it proves what liars they are. I mean, come on. Give me a break. <sighs> Russia Maddow. Yes, you ever heard Russia Maddow? That's her. It's Russia Maddow. Yeah, Daniel. Russia Maddow. That's the way I know her. I know has Russia Maddow. <laughs> uh, let's see what else I want. You know, has anyone heard? Well, do I want to? There's Elon Musk story. There's an Elon Musk story. Should I read the Elon Musk story? Or should I? Oh, Elon Musk. It's funny. You see what happened today at Twitter? That he got rid of all the legacy blue check marks. Uh, so, you know, you have to pay $8 or whatever it is to get a check mark. And uh, <laughs> he, he, he had given a few months leeway to people who were legacy people, you know people who were supposedly important, who the last ownership group gave blue check marks to on a very elitist basis. So he took away today everyone's blue check mark who's not paying for it. So it's so funny. Big athletes, you you know, politicians, celebrities, they all lost their blue check marks and they're going to have to pay for it. Except for a few, except for, I think, um, Stephen King. Um, who was it? It was Stephen King. It was LeBron James, and it was someone else that he gave the check marks to. <laughs> he paid, he paid for them. And at first, I was like, Elon, what are you doing? Why are you paying for their? Well, because people like Stephen King said, I'm not paying for that. I don't. I'm not going to get a blue check mark. If, if I don't want a blue check mark anymore, <laughs> so Elon Musk gave him it to him anyway, just to troll him. So. That's yes, Shatner, Shatner. Thank you, William Shatner, LeBron James, and uh, and Elon Musk. I think the end of uh, Stephen King. So it's so funny. It's so funny that he's such a great troll, Elon Musk. But everyone else lost their blue check marks, and now we'll have to pay the eight dollars. But it's it's fascinating. It's like a sociological experiment. It's fascinating watching millionaires, wealthy people, go absolutely apoplectic about having to pay $8 a month. These people probably, God, a whole host of things I'm sure they spend money on, but they probably spend 15 to $20 a day on Starbucks. But they won't spend $8 a month to get the blue check mark on Twitter, right? I'm sure they all pay for their New York Times, right? for their subscription and their Washington Post subscription and their fake news media subscriptions that must add up to hundreds of dollars a month, but they won't pay $8 a month to Elon Musk. It's so, so stupid. shows how dumb these people are. But you'll see, they'll, they'll pay because they want to be part of the club. They want to be part of the Blue Checkmark Club. These people always need to be part of the club. They will pay the money even though they will bitch and moan that they don't want to pay it. They will absolutely pay because there's something the elites can't stand, and that's to 
not having what you and I have. So if I got the blue check mark and you got the blue check mark, they're going to make sure they get the blue check mark also. But that everyone going crazy today over the loss of blue check marks. It's just precious. It was it was precious. Daniel, do you have you don't have a blue check mark, do you, Daniel? Are you holding are you hoping uh, Daniel, are you hoping that Elon Musk buys a check mark for you? Is that what you're hoping? Are you waiting for Elon to buy a blue check mark for you? Is that what you're trying to do? Because I can send him, yeah, in spirit. In spirit, yes, I can send him a note and I can say, you know what, Elon? Daniel is another guy who you should get the blue check mark for because he said he'll never pay $8 to you. He doesn't want the blue check mark. So we'll do the reverse psychology and maybe he'll, uh, he'll just uh, he'll pay the $8 for you. Right. Maybe he'll do that. I'll pay the eight dollars for you, Daniel. I paid right away. The first debt. I'm not ashamed to say that I paid the eight dollars on day one. What would you say? You don't go to Starbucks, Daniel? No, I, I, I don't go to Starbucks either. You know why I don't go to Starbucks? I refuse to go to Starbucks here in San Francisco because you can't uh, you can't sit at Starbucks. They've taken all of the seating out because they don't want the homeless coming in. So we can't even have, you can't even drink your latte, your grande latte, um, or your venti latte in a civilized way. You can't just sit there and enjoy it, you know, with maybe a good newspaper or a book, because we can't live in civilization here in San Francisco. We can't have actual civilization here. You have to go get your Starbucks and leave and, and walk on the street with Starbucks in your hand, which is very dangerous here. It's very dangerous here to have anything in your hand. You need both hands to punch people with. You need both hands to defend yourself, I should say, make it clear. I don't go around punching people, but you need both hands to be ready. So you can't live. There is no, there is no civilization here. There is no civilization here. Yeah, we, right, yeah, we can't have. Woke is why we can't have nice things. It's true. It's true. The woke government destroying civilization is why we can't have nice things here and by nice things we mean a cup of coffee imagine could you imagine that did you ever think we'd get to a point did you ever think we'd get to a point where um we couldn't even have a cup of coffee in peace you couldn't sit you could you can't sit at a coffee shop and have a cup of coffee where is it like that in texas is it like that in florida is it like that in georgia or Arizona, you can't sit. I doubt it. You know how I know? I know you. I know you can because I, I travel, and everywhere I've traveled to outside of the city, you can actually sit in a Starbucks and enjoy your coffee. Even New York, although that may have changed, also for all I know, I'll take a closer look when I visit, probably sometime in June. But um, here you can't. You can't sit and enjoy a cup of coffee. And what a shame that is. What Democrats have turned us into. Well, let's just, you know, why don't we just blame, who do you want to blame? Trump or Musk? Will you just blame Trump or Trump or Musk for us not being able to uh, sit in a coffee shop and, and drink a cup of coffee? Um, well, the Wall Street Journal did write an article about how Musk is transforming Twitter, not killing it. 
talking about the innovative new features and the, the staff that's trimmed down, the ads and money are coming back in droves because all that money, basically the long and short of it is all that money that was being wasted on employees that weren't necessary, employees that were just there, as Elon Musk so aptly put it, to censor people and to delete accounts and to do the, the, the censorship for the government, they're gone. So all that salary is being saved. Okay, so all that salary is now being saved. So they trimmed the staff down and people are now corporations are now seeing this new free Twitter that they're willing to advertise on. Right. Where they weren't before, especially the more conservative companies who that weren't willing to spend any money on Twitter are now doing it. So and he's getting money from his uh, blue checkmark system. So he's doing just a great job at Twitter. So once again, you need not believe that the left-wing media – this is shocking that there's an article in the Wall Street Journal telling the truth about this. But you'll see – you know, you've seen many articles in left-wing outlets talking about how he's destroyed Twitter and he's broke. Oh, he's broke. Oh, my God. He lost $14 million. These people are <laughs> such morons. You know, it's – you write a story saying Elon Musk lost fourteen million dollars today. Tomorrow he'll make twenty million. Are these people that ignorant, that naive, or are they just, as I believe, just willingly, knowingly fooling people and then laughing behind their back? That you can write a story that says Elon Musk has lost fourteen billion dollars in profits, and that's it. And that and you think that's real news? You think that that's meaningful news? And it shows, it shows Musk is going broke. Yeah, he's sweating. He's sweating. Speaking of sweating, has anyone heard about this new, I think my transitions today are seamless. Has, it, has anyone heard of the gas station heroin, this new thing called gas station heroin? Daniel, you're the doctor here. Is there a doctor in the house? Is there a doctor in the house? It's called gas station heroin. And I had heard about this a little bit. I believe nine states now have um, banned this gas station heroin. Yeah, you haven't heard of it? Okay. Well, it's, it's kind of new, but it's not new. It's just getting publicity now. Because what this is, this is basically a legal form of heroin that they sell as a supplement. So, you know, a supplement means the FDA doesn't have to approve it. And they sell it basically in convenience stores or mostly in gas station convenience stores. And it's called Tianapine, T-I-A-N-E-P-T-I-N-E, Tianapine. And it's sold under brand names called Zaza and Tiana Red and White. And what this is, is it's, 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 it's causing excruciating withdrawals, leaving people broke and even suicidal, um, it's once again, it has the same effect on the brain as heroin does. And it's I think it's like 30 bucks a bottle. So it's not cheap. And there are some people who are going through five to 10 bottles a day because it's so addictive. What it seems to do at first, like a lot of drugs, is it gives you like energy, right? It stimulates the brains and it makes you energetic and it makes you feel good. But then you need to, that lasts maybe 20 hours. Then it begins to last 
15 hours, then it lasts 10 hours, and so on and so forth, to the point where it begins to go away in four hours. So people become addictive to it. And the more you take, obviously, the more addictive you come to it. This is a long story. I'm just going to read a little bit. This was written in uh, Vice News three days ago, April 18th. And uh, they went to Jacksonville, Florida. By the way, Florida is not banned yet. I'm sure once DeSantis learns about this. Once again, a lot of politicians and legislative bodies are just learning about this stuff. Why would a governor know what gas station heroin is? But a lot of governors are beginning to hear about it now, and they're starting to ban it. I would expect every state to ban it probably by the end of the year because it's really starting to to spread now. But they followed a, a woman named Kristen in Jacksonville, Florida, and she got addicted to it. And they went to basically talk to her about it. And when they got there, it had been like 14 hours since she'd taken seven of those pills, which is half a bottle. I think there were 15 pills per bottle. Uh, swallowing them all in one gulp, and she washed them down with a monster energy drink. And by 7 a.m. the next morning, this woman who's 42, a mother of five, was in full-blown withdrawal. She said she'd been up since 4 o'clock. I was up sick, throwing up, shaking, cold, and sweating all over the place, bouncing around the bed. She's only five foot three, and in the last couple of years, she'd lost 75 pounds, often skipping meals because the drugs hit harder when she doesn't have food in her system. Sometimes you can't even shower. You get chills so bad, you can't get out of bed. Um, normally, her either her husband or her boyfriend, Jason, who works a landscaping job, buys these pills daily. She, he walks to the gas station and buys them. Uh, and what happened is he doesn't have a car, so they, he walks six miles to and from this place to get them. That's how addictive this stuff is. It takes him more than two hours. So he tries to make sure he and Kristen each have one bottle a day and sometimes more. In the morning, their cravings are at their worst. Besides the 10 to $15 a day they spend on cigarettes and 500 a month on rent, almost all of their money goes towards these Zaza's pills. But Jason didn't make enough money uh, to buy any yesterday. And Kristen was feeling it. To calm her nerves, she swallowed a handful of anti-seizure pills she got from a friend. I'll probably go have another cigarette now and wait for these to work, she said. So what happened is uh, these – this is like – became a legal way. These were – a lot of people who were addicted to this stuff are, are drug addicts or former drug addicts, right? People who have other addictions. And because heroin's not legal – they couldn't do heroin anymore, but they found this supplement, which basically has the same effect as heroin, and it's legal to buy. So they were like, oh, my God, we're in heaven. We can buy this heroin supplement, <laughs> and it's legal. Uh, well, for now, it soon won't be. This drug is used as an antidepressant in over 60 countries in Europe, Asia, and Latin America. It's not approved for medical use, but unregulated versions have these uh, supplement uh, labels on them and their contents are a mystery. You don't even know what their contents are. And they're sold in convenience stores, gas stations, smoke shops, and online as natural supplements that boost mood and increase brain function. Uh, let's see what else this is. The pills which sell under the brand name Zaza, Tiana, and Pegasus earned the nickname 
gas station heroin because they hit opioid receptors in the brain, causing extreme addiction for some people. The packaging and advertising usually don't indicate it's a possibility. Some offer a disclaimer that the vendors aren't responsible for any misuse. Uh, it says, use it in the morning to get yourself going and use it in the afternoon to help finish your day. There's something special about Zaza, red, silver, white capsules, reads one online ad. We have found that repeated use of the ingredients somehow continue to work, improving and enhancing our daily experiences. But the daily experience for many of these users is indistinguishable from traditional opioid addiction, okay? Such as uh, nausea, chills, restless legs, agitation, insomnia, diarrhea, and overwhelming sense of doom. One user said he became suicidal while self-detoxing. And another said his addiction led him back to using illicit fentanyl. Those with previous opioid addictions, including Jason and Kristen, have said the withdrawal that sets in is worse than being dope sick from heroin or fentanyl. Uh, as awareness about the drug's effects, including links to fatal overdoses, has grown, Alabama, Tennessee, Minnesota, Georgia, Oklahoma, Michigan, Indiana, Kentucky, and Ohio have now banned it. Mississippi legislators have passed a bill to make it a Schedule One controlled substance. But right now, it's still legal in most of the country, including Florida. So this is, she said, this stuff is the devil, she said. It's the devil. I want the whole world to know these things are evil. So this is really bad stuff. And this is stuff, believe it or not, that you can buy at a gas station. You can buy it at a gas station. And who knows if, if, the, if those gas station attendants there at those convenience stores and gas stations are even caring if anyone's under 18 who's buying them. So uh, it says only 18 older can buy it, but you know, who knows. But it, it's it's such a terrible drug that it's really... People need to know about this. People need to know about this. That is really ruining lives. It's ruining lives. People think, you know, this is what people think, and it's understandable. Well, if I can buy it at a drugstore, if I can buy it online, it's not really going to hurt me. It's legal. If it was going to hurt me, the government would have made it illegal, right? So people believe that, which is understandable, and then they buy this stuff, and they get hooked on it. And supposedly this stuff is incredibly easy to get hooked on one use, just using it once or twice, and you can get totally hooked on this. And then you need it. And it's incredibly expensive. And you can go through the most disgusting withdrawals from this stuff. And it's incredibly dangerous. And people have actually died from it. They're talking about, you know, strokes, heart attacks, uh, uh, that kind of stuff, seizures from this stuff. So it's called gas station heroin. But it's really Tianapin. And it's, uh, like I say, it'll say like, it'll be like a red bottle or a white bottle and say Zaza on it usually. And it's killing people. So we really should, uh, the media is starting to cover this now. I saw the story on Fox yesterday and I said, oh, I have to go online and look this up. And if you go online and you Google gas station heroin, you'll see article after article about this, including the one in Vice, which followed Kristen and Jason through, I think, three, day, three days of their lives. And really, I mean, just, you can read the whole thing. It's incredibly de de descriptive as to the horrible things uh, this has is, this is done to them. So, boy, there's so many 
drugs out there. There's so many terrible drugs. And look, once again, people might be tired of hearing this, but I tie it all in to COVID, a lot of it into COVID, that people are trying to numb numb themselves now because they lost their jobs or they lost their businesses or they're broke or whatever might happen, or they got depressed. A lot of kids especially got very depressed from not being able to go to school, not being able to, to see their friends or family. And they turned to these opioid type drugs, which numb them from the pain. So this is also a big, uh, you know, as, as the evil Dr. Fauci would say, this is, you know, it's collateral damage. It's collateral, collateral damage. We didn't see this collateral damage coming. Collateral damage. That's the way they talk about it. Collateral damage. Hey, Maria. How's it going, Maria? Good to hear from you. Well, it's, it's good to listen to you. Thank you. Sure. And I, I come from the same position that you do, but I'm wondering if you were not yourself and you were somebody else, what what would your argument be against what you're saying and your position if you if you had to debate yourself if you had to debate yourself what would your position be on what uh just the availability and the oversaturation and availability of, you know, lethal drug use. Because if, if I'm not mistaken, you're expressing that there's an extreme amount of access and, and an extreme amount of cultural elements that lead people to accessing dangerous drugs. So if you had to debate yourself, what, what would your counter argument to that be? I don't have one. Why would I have one to that? I mean, what, what counter argument could I have? to you mean allow allow these drugs to kill people it's okay i mean i don't know what the i don't know what the argument is is that what you're arguing no not at all i i just i i think the taking that position is is the right position to take the only position but, is i don't i don't but, think this yeah there's no i don't think there's any other position to take on this you know I mean, once you have enough information to know that something is incredibly dangerous, I don't believe that the government should be in the business of banning everything they don't like, right? Whatever it may be. It could be weed. It could be uh, TikTok. (laughs) But I think once you have enough information that something is killing people and the people who are marketing it are doing it just to make money and finding underhanded ways of going around the law like this company is in order to make money. And is making money off of the you know death and misery of people that you have to take away their money flow, right? I mean, it's just like drug dealers, right? They're drug dealers. And look, right. I've I've talked about this with big pharma, of legal legal drug dealing, right? Fair fair enough, but what what efficacy does taking that position actually have? What 
what efficacy is behind it or as a result of taking that position because I think that's the position that most people take mm -hmm. but where where is the efficacy of feeling that way I don't know I, 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 I'm at a loss of what you mean to be where, right where, to be on where is the actual effect of you know common people recognizing recognizing what's happening to us but there's no channel for actual recourse when there's recognition of what's happening on the pharmaceutical field there's no recourse in what, in what, in what way i'm not i guess i'm not grasping what you're saying i mean no. what in what way is there no recourse how do you take action? How do you take action against the powers at the B that you, are enforcing? Well, first of all, you can take away their money flow. Uh, that's one thing you can do. You can take away their money flow, or you can also sue them. You can look just because people say they can't be sued doesn't mean you can't sue them. You know, it's like those signs that uh, people who own stores hang up when they say, "Well." We, we decide who we want to serve. No, they can't. They can't say I'm not serving you because you're gay or black, you know. So it's because someone hangs a sign up or says, well, yeah, you're not going to sue me. doesn't mean they can't. Look, we're seeing lawsuits now, Maria, right? We're seeing people suing uh, over over COVID regulations, over vaccine injuries, over all this stuff. So yeah, over COVID mandates. And for a company like this, whoever they may be, who, who – uh, you know, put out this supplement and advertise it, they'll, their money flow will be taken away as state by state makes it illegal, makes the substance illegal, right? Um, so it's, Big Pharma has a lot of loopholes though. I mean, this, I'm, I'm a supplement taker. I like taking supplements. I've taken workout supplements before. I buy most of my stuff on Amazon, which I hope is safe. But um, it's to the point where if you label something a supplement, you can get around the FDA, right? They don't have to approve it. So why is that? Why can I just come up with a drug, call it a supplement, a dietary supplement, and I can get around the law? I've never really understood that. Someone will have to – someone who is a lot smarter may be in that business but have to explain that to me, why you can just slap a dietary supplement label and then the FDA doesn't have to approve it. I don't, I don't get it. Well, and it has been dangerous, and I've worked in clinical trials a good deal, at least 10 years of my life, clinical trial compliance and budgeting, um, and I, I know for a fact that if aspirin had to go through current FDA process and scrutiny, it would never be approved. Uh, there, there are a lot of drugs on the market that came through and were grandfathered in before FDA compliance and standards existed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, hmm. That's interesting. Uh, and, you know, I've, I've watched a lot of drugs, you know, go through the process 
you know, and I, I trust, I trust the clinical trial process. I've seen it at play, you know, you have phase one, phase two, phase three, phase four, before they ultimately get approved. I, you know, where it gets really scary, they, they go through the FDA phases of approval. They have to do that. But what happens after they go through phase three and phase four, you know, is what happens with the labeling. Yeah. And, and the labeling gets bought and sold. Right. Regardless of the phases of the trial. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, there's definitely a rigorous process for this stuff. But the the question is, once again, stuff like the COVID vaccine, they didn't go through all these trials. And on top of that, how corruptible are at the uh, FDA, right? That's the problem also we're seeing. A lot of people with, um, you know, I I guess you could – conflicts of interest who may work at these places, you know, who – let certain companies, you know, pass easier than others where they might be taking, you never know what it may be, right? Could be gifts, could be kickbacks, could be anything. The oversight um, for this agency, for the FDA, has not been great. And after what we saw over the last three years of COVID, there probably need to be some changes made at these uh, agencies. And some, some good doctors have brought up ideas of how you can, uh, I guess, make some changes in um, – maybe take the politics is that the politics plays too much of a, a role in a lot of this stuff. I, I don't know. I've been through an FDA audit. Um, For what? And if you thought the IRS didn't have a sense of humor, uh, the FDA puts them to shame. Well, yeah, but the IRS has been used to the, the, the government uses the IRS. Politicians have used the IRS to go after their enemies, people they don't like for a long time now. I mean, they're not I, a proper approach. You, you, you might be talking about the individual Asians, but if only the agency as a whole um, has been used as a political weapon. Yeah, that, that's my whole point. Yeah. I, the IRS and FDA have no sense of humor whatsoever unless, unless, unless they're bought and sold. Right. And, yeah. you know, that's, yeah. that's where it's at. Yeah. No, absolutely. There's no doubt about it. What kind of a trial did you go through? You went through a clinical trial? Did you, were you part of a trial? No, I, I budgeted them and worked in work groups and mostly, mostly oncology. Mostly oh, okay. oncology. Okay. okay. That's interesting. Hmm. So, I you know, my interactions with pharmaceutical companies, especially when somebody on trial lost lost their insurance, I, 10 times out of 10 when I called the pharmaceutical sponsor of the clinical trial, they agreed to cover everything, all right. the expenses, period. Because they wanted that person to be on trial right. so they could get their data. Gotcha. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes and, perfect sense. 
But I just want I, with this gas station heroin thing. I want you know it's one of those things that people don't know about. It's time to you know get the word out so people can just maybe someone's listening. They won't be the next victim of this stuff because they'll be aware of uh, of what it is. So people should uh, spread the word. Maria, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Okay. All right. I think we're going to wrap things up now. I think we've covered a lot of stuff. Uh, tomorrow's Friday. So remember, remember tomorrow's show, Friday show. Uh, it will end with a couple of film reviews. I'll be reviewing Mafia Mama with Tony Collette and Bo is Afraid with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. So that'll be the end of tomorrow's show, a big Friday show. All right. I want to remind everyone, the name of the show is in Let's Be Heard, and it airs weeknights, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. Um, means uh, I'll be right back here tomorrow night. But until then, this is Mike Shopley reminding you that your influence counts. Use it. <laughs>